Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we take a look at monsters from their folkloric origins to their current pop culture incarnations. I'm your host for this episode, Cameron. Happy New Year, everyone. We haven't had an episode since last year, and uh, I'm quite happy to be back. Dave and Leonard are taking well-deserved breaks, uh, so I'm making up for my fairly flaky last year posting uh, and running the show for a couple of weeks. Of course, this means I need someone to talk with, so I am delighted to bring back the air um, my good friend Sam, who you'll remember from our episode on Mad God. Sam, how are you? Good afternoon, everyone. I am absolutely wonderful. I am happy to talk about stop motion animation once again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I do seem to be getting you for a lot of that, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's uh, uh, it's almost a, a theme of uh, the arts sort of being funded by not just the main studios anymore, but some of the other up-and-coming ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Del Toro himself said uh, quite a bit about how uh, animation in general, and especially stop-motion, which is very close to his heart, is uh, it should be treated as uh, an adult medium, something worthy of the term art, mm-hmm. uh, but it's mostly been treated for so long as just for kids yeah yeah absolutely uh and i gotta say uh today's subject is probably a pretty big step forward there in terms of sheer quality oh my i would goodness, definitely yes. say um yeah we are talking about the recently released guillermo del toro's pinocchio uh we got two pinocchio films last year i've only seen uh, one three of them. actually three three yep oh, God. there was uh <laughs> the the real Pinocchio, I think it was called, made by Russians. It was uh, <laughs> it was amazingly bad uh, yeah, okay. to the point where everybody loves it as a comedy. <laughs> there was uh, the Disney version, of course, which was just yeah, the action. normal amazingly bad, and everybody didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen about twenty seconds from the Disney live action yeah. Pinocchio. That's all I needed to see, especially when we've got. This, uh, Pinocchio. Hey, Pinocchio's open source now. Anyone can take that. <laughs> exactly. Public domain, baby. Along with Sherlock Holmes, which was fun over yep, the year. all of it. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, a rather noteworthy one coming up next year, of course. Another Disney property. Oh, is that? The Mouse the himself. Oh, yes, of course. Yep. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yep, Mickey uh, has no longer a copyright as of 2024. Of course, he still has the trademark, which are mm. immortal, uh, rather than just copyrights which do expire. Yeah. So uh, Disney's going to hold on to it, of course. But oh yeah, that's yeah. a different story. Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? We'll get Del Toro's The Mouse in the House in oh, twenty years. Time. <laughs> a dark version of Mickey. <laughs> Ste- Steamboat Mickey shoveling uh, lumps of coal, feeding this dark, unholy furnace that towers him down the river. Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about the subject at hand rather than speculate on future <laughs> wonderful infringements of general trademark. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Pinocchio 2022. It's a stop motion animated musical fantasy directed by Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafson with a screenplay by del Toro and Patrick McHale who wrote Over the Garden Wall. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. You should watch it. It's good. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, it is so good to see quality, uh, stop motion and accessible as well. Like this is clearly very well done. Yeah. And it's, it's got plenty for adult viewers, but I think it's also fine as a kid's film. And man, if I'd had a movie that looked this good as a kid, I would have been in the film industry and not a teacher. <laughs> I would have, I would have gone straight into the little claymation pit that everyone goes into. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, Wallace and Gromit definitely sort of pushed mm. me towards the arts when I was uh, a youngster. Uh, that was, you know, there but for the grace of God sort of thing. The, um, <laughs> something that felt iffy to me, like, <laughs> Pinocchio was depicted wonderfully. And mm. uh, if you look at the making of that plays automatically after Netflix, just sort yeah. of says, <laughs> instead of saying, are you still watching, just shoves this uh, how they did it. And rather than just a whole bunch of plasticine, it was a whole bunch of silicon moulds depicting mm. different facial structures so they could just sort of oh. take one off the wall and just sort of pop it onto his neck. Oh, that's um, Okay. And after... Uh, after noticing that, after seeing that, I was like, that, he's meant to be wood, but he's so smooth. It just sort of, it <laughs> sort of got to me, but I didn't really notice that on the first watching, so hmm. that's a cognitive thing, I guess. Yeah. But the, uh, the Pinocchio himself is a wonderful little character, voiced by the same, uh, voice actor as the, uh, earlier character, Carlo, Carlos? Yes. Um, yes. Who has the singing voice of an angel? My God, the uh, <laughs> if if Chow Papa doesn't win somebody award at some yeah. stage, it's it would be absolutely criminal. That was heart wrenching. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they have, I would like to call it a star studded cast, but that really doesn't lay out the breadth of talent on display here. Did you know that Kate Blanchett is in this film? Oh, I did not. No. What, what, what does she do? She voices Spazatura, the monkey. Oh, that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this, this is this is a film laden with talent. Uh, there's Gregory Mann, who played Pinocchio and his predecessor, Carlo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ewan McGregor plays Sebastian J. Cricket. I did know that one. Yep. They uh, they had a few shots of Ewan on, on the, well, inverted mm-hmm. commas, set, inverted commas. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, and some of the animators and other cast members going, oh, my God, it's Ewan McGregor. But, of course, he's just the most wonderful human being, so like puts every one of these, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, they've got David Bradley as Geppetto, yep. which, excellent casting. Uh, apparently, Del Toro wanted John Hurt for the role, but <sighs> they didn't start filming before the end of 2017, so... Yeah. that's <laughs> that, Oh, he would have done an amazing job. Yeah, yeah. Um... Christoph Waltz as Count Volpe. Oh my god, he stole the show, didn't he? <laughs> he you really you did. immediately identified his voice as, oh, it's Christoph Waltz doing his villain voice. Excellent, yeah. I'm in for this ride. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then just to just to listen out, we got Tilda Swinton, Kate Blanchett, Ron Perlman, Finn Wolfhard, Bern Gorman, uh Tim Blake Nelson. 
a ton of really talented, mm-hmm. really well acclaimed actors, and they all killed it. But the thing, like the quality is not just visual here. Throughout the film, like the acting is top tier. Direction mm-hmm. is really great. It is oozing with quality. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Ron Perlman, as soon as you hear him, you instantly mm. like put his face on the character. Yeah, and there's there's so many films which try to uh, animated films that try to adapt the character to suit the face of the person. Mm. Um, they don't in the in in his character and. No. For the entire movie, I was just sort of overlaying Perlman's face on on this uh, upright fascist, uh, <laughs> pencil thin mustachioed uh, yeah. character, and it was it was a weird super superimposition. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, I I do really like the characters are quite distinct in that. Like they, as you said, they didn't go with making them look like their voice Definitely. actors, which is the advantage of doing stop motion rather than say uh, a motion capture based CGI. Yeah, is it's way easier to just to get a really unique looking character in there, and as you said, build a bunch of faces. Yeah, like here's the happy face, here's the sad face, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah. So uh, as far as the story goes, it's pretty close to the original Pinocchio story, which was written in the 1880s, with the exception it's set sort of 40 to 60 years in the future from that point. Um, so we start off with the tale of Geppetto, the woodcarver, uh, in the ending throes of World War One, uh, he's you know living his his blessed life as this woodcarver in this little Italian town with his young his son, little Italian Italian son, his little Italian son, yeah. uh, who loves his little Italian clogs. <laughs> oh my God, those! Ah, oh, I mean they were a work of art. It was wonderful they to say. <laughs> yeah, it is so impressive to me the amount of detail they can get into puppets doing detail work essentially is what this is that's that's what really struck me uh the throughout the uh movie that Guillermo has always been uh narratively in subtle and i'll probably mm. come back to this a couple of times but uh directorially amazingly rich and complex mm. there's there's so many details just uh going on that fit in the world in the set just so mm. perfectly and yeah. uh, sometimes they spend just the most glancing second on them, and then sometimes they work it out over a few different scenes. But it is so so rich and welcoming. There's there's a lot to there's a lot to see, digest. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, he's going through his normal day. He's building an enormous crucifix for the local church. That's what you do uh, when you're the woodcarver. Is someone says, "Hey, we need to." 16 foot tall Jesus <laughs> for our for our little rural town he goes okay we'll work on that and uh his son is helping him he's doing the finishing touches and an Austro-Hungarian uh bombing team on a return from England uh needs to lighten their load and just drops a bunch of bombs on the Italian countryside which mm. it was man. it was a it was a nice <laughs> touch sort of I mean like mm. not for the not for them but it was a nice <laughs> touch saying Yep. Okay. We just need to get rid of them. Drop them bombs away. Yep. Um, yeah. It was. It was not deliberate. It no. was. Uh, again, uh, unsubtly. Just go. War sucks. Mm. Yeah. Um, people get hurt in the process, regardless of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, 
a tragic accident. Uh, Carlos, who had run back into the church to get his beloved pine cone. Uh, Geppetto, very environmentally conscious. Every time you cut down a pine tree, you need to find the perfect pine cone to grow a new one with. Uh, is caught in the blast, and Geppetto's life is absolutely ruined. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Carlos was his world, uh, and we fall into the deep, dark depression of the woodcarver. Uh, and we sort of time skip to like the late 1930s at that point. Uh, I, I'm, I'm told it's, uh, the early 40s, but I early don't 40s. really know either way. That was something yeah. I saw on a YouTube video. Yeah, Geppetto doesn't visibly age, but he was already so old looking. Yeah, Carlos was meant to be his, what, like, 10-year-old son. son. Geppetto looked like he was, what, say, 50s? 50s is generous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was a different time back then. It was, it was. (laughs) I I, I think 50s is probably about right. Like, he had 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 his son laid. He was spry still. Yeah, yeah. He's very physically active. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it's, it's ten years later. Geppetto's life is ruined. The the Christ in the church has still not been repaired from the bombing damage, uh, which we get some great images of, like mm. you know the the choir singing in yeah. front of this burned out Jesus. Uh, charred sixteen foot Jesus is one hell of a band name. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and Geppetto has lived all this time not knowing how to move on without his son in his life, and one night in a drunken rage goes back to the grave of Carlos, which has had a beautiful pine tree grow next to it from the the pine pine cone that he planted there at the grave. Uh, And he's in a drunken rage, he just wants his son back, and he starts hacking down the pine tree uh, with, with a mind to making himself a boy. Yep, as you do, as you do. It's a natural yes. thing to, uh, it's, it's one of the stages of grief, construct a yes. puppet. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, uh, this is, this is more or less where, uh, the cricket comes in. He's Sebastian trapped. J. Cricket. But I love What it. an absolute delight he was. Every, yeah. every time they started to do the, oh, oh, this is a singing bit. Okay, okay, Jimmy yeah. Cricket's gonna sing. Oh wait, no. No, they just squashed that down and carried on with the story. Oh, good. Excellent. Quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a great character, like a traveling author who's ready to sit down and write his wonderful memoirs or whatever. <laughs> Finds the perfect little spot inside this pine tree, which then immediately gets cut down by a drunken old man. Um, <laughs> I, I was really... I, I love the way they articulated... Uh, Sebastian's limbs. When he, when he's writing, he's got, uh, one hand holding his, well, one side of the book down. He's got one hand holding the feather. He's got one hand holding his glasses just free, uh, free in, in, uh, in front of his face because they don't loop onto his head. Mm. Presumably because he has no ears, but also yeah. maybe just for effect. Right. But it was, uh, and the routine, the dancing routine that they have mm-hmm. in the credits has him doing like, uh, two pairs of arms, like, yeah. uh, swing canes and two pairs of arms doing jazz hands. It's all, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so <sighs> wonderfully authentic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I suppose that's what we're here to talk about. Creature design, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, uh, it comes out to an anthropomorphic uh, character with six limbs. It's, it's how you yeah. would expect him to move around. It's... Yeah, as really well done. Like he moves 
in a way that feels natural. But like you said, when you stop and look at what he's doing, you're like, this guy's got a lot going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I really love it. Um, he's a great character throughout the film, obviously. As, as I said, acted by Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Beautiful voice as well. Uh, but yeah, this is where this sort of falls into the horror category a bit because we then get almost a Frankenstein-ish scene of mm. Geppetto yes. hauling this lumber back to his house and in a frenzied rage constructing his creation. Very Frankenstein, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Like it, it's violent. Yeah. Like slamming the pieces of wood together and just bundles of nails being driven into the, into the flesh of the tree and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of ridiculous how gruesome it feels given that it's just wood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I suppose that's exactly that's exactly it. We know that a living being is being constructed here, mm, and so to happens. have such a a violent approach to to the creation of life mm. is uh, I, I get I don't know maybe it's maybe it's not appropriate thematically. So it's a, <laughs> it it clashes, and that we were meant to feel odd, or if uh, yeah, if there's uh, something else being talked about there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good expression of everything that's been boiling up inside Geppetto over this time. Uh, he's just finally sort of gives up on holding it in and is like, mm. I don't care what anyone else thinks, I'm going to make a puppet for a son and I'm going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, as as uh, drunken projects go, you know, far be it for me to cast the first stone. That doesn't yeah. seem too odd, really. Yeah, no, fair, fair. Uh, but he, he passes out before the puppet is fully, properly completed. He, he's he's all there. He's just not very refined he, in a lot uh, of aspects. When he passes out and falls down the stairs, mm. for a second there I thought they were going to go really dark and just have him hit his head and just yeah. sort of bleed out or something. Yeah. And Pinocchio is forced to grow up fatherless or something like that. Because, <laughs> um, I mean... It's it's Del Toro. It you is. know, we know he's going to subvert a bunch of stuff here. Oh yeah. So uh, when he when he falls, but just sort of uh, trips and then just falls on his butt and then just sort yeah. of sits down and passes out and just starts snoring. I go, oh thank goodness. Yeah. The, there was a few moments throughout the film like that where mm. the uh, where they really subverted what I thought they were going to do. Yeah. Uh, in the scene where in, where they're in the stomach of the whale trying to get out mm. and uh, Pinocchio's just about to fall. I'm almost like reaching mm. out physically to the, scr- to the screen. <laughs> no, I'll catch you, Pinocchio. <laughs> but um, he, and he, he does fall, but in a way that you don't quite expect. Like yeah. uh, Geppetto manages to catch him, but then falls out after him when he's in the whale's mouth with the, the bomb. Mm. And the bomb is attached to a chain strapped around a tooth. I thought, yeah. aha, they're going to lift off the chain off the tooth and then yeah. they'll swallow it and <laughs> everything will be fine. But that's not how it, how it does. The wave no. sweeps him past down the bomb and you're like, oh no, how is he going to do it? How are they going to figure it out? <laughs> um, it was, it was a delightful little subversion of, mm. of expectations of yeah. how, how they were going to work out those scenes. Yeah. And it's such a good way to get you like immersed and yeah. just running along with the film. Because I agree, like, throughout the whole film, I was pretty wrapped yeah. with the whole thing. Like, I, I took a break to get some water, <laughs> but otherwise I just kind of forgot everything else happened, like, really just following along. And like you said, getting it, like, I don't usually get to the point of, like, 
oh, ooh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> clutching my metaphorical pearls at, at stakes in a movie. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, this, this one connected a little more, which was nice. Um, but yeah, uh, Geppetto passes out, the most fluid stop-motion animation of a man sliding down a ladder I've ever seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, the the wood sprite, sort of this collection oh, of uh, metaphysical beings. Swinton's characters, yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Uh, like, so good. the second you start to see, like, the wings and the eyes, and you go, aha! Biblical angel, biblically accurate angel, wonderful. Yes, good. This is what I. This is what I came for. This yeah. is the, this is the Del Toro we know and love. Yeah, exactly. And it it is very much in the vein of the Hellboy angel. Oh, when uh, when Hellboy brought that uh that character, it was Azrael, right? It was it was the angel of angel death. Angel of death, yeah. Uh, and eyeballs through the wings, although the face itself was blind. Oh, yeah. oh, I loved every second of it. It was. <laughs> It was. It gave me chills. That was yeah. uh, such amazing uh, attention to detail all the way up. Uh, you can you can hear Swinton's voice in in the wood sprite and oh, yeah. her sister later on in the film. Um, and because they wear masks, you can mm. all, again you can superimpose uh, Tilda's face on. Does Tilda have an L in it? I'm never sure. Is it T I? Yeah. It does, yeah, it is, yeah, 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 Tilda. It is Tilda. Excellent. Uh, you, you can. It's easier to superimpose her face upon yeah. the mask of this wood sprite. Um, mm. Sometimes it feels like she's smiling, even though she's not. Sometimes, yeah, you can almost feel a disappointment in there. Yeah. Um, but it is a wonderful uh, little self-contained uh, bit of lore. It makes you feel like there's like like everything else Delta Del Toro does. It feels like there's a lot more lore going yes. on that yeah. is easy just to pour yourself into when mm. in fact it's just a little character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It it has that that uh that implied depth where they don't have to flesh it out because it just feels like it's fleshed out, which is really good. Yeah. Um and unlike Azrael, this winged eyed angel is sort of an angel of life more she's technically like a wood spirit yeah. uh, named life but she gives life to pinocchio so that he can stop geppetto from being lonely because she's been watching him walk up to that grave drunk every night for the last 20 years <laughs> i guess she's tired of it um and sets sebastian cricket as his sort of moral compass mm. with the with the promise reward that if he grows into a good boy, I'll give you one wish. And he's like, ah, excellent. I can be a successful author. <laughs> Which, hey, fair. Uh, and then the next morning, Geppetto awakes, head very sore from all the drinking and also puppet construction. And uh, we get just a genuine horror movie experience again. Yeah, yeah. Of, uh, a, a creature with articulated limbs suddenly realizing it has articulated limbs. Mm. Let's experiment with this articulation. Do a yeah. full exorcist girl of spinny, spinny <laughs> head. Um, let's see if we can bend our elbows in every direction possible. <laughs> yeah, it, it really... Yeah, well, that's the thing, because Pinocchio doesn't understand how his own body is meant to move. Yeah. And because he's a puppet, He's got a lot more physical range of movement than in yes. human when he doesn't have any connective tissue to worry about. It's just if the if the ball can rotate in the socket, etc. Uh and he he learns 
teach how to be more human-ish in his motion through the film. Yes. Like, there, there is a point where he stops fully rotating his head 180 degrees to look behind him and starts actually turning around and stuff. Yeah, and right. I, I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really looking for that point, but mm. yeah, no, that... I'm going to have to go back and see exactly where that happens because that's probably yeah. important. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's sort of partway through the film I noticed that he had stopped doing that. In this first half, it's very clear he... I mean, right in this initial introduction, like you said, he's moving like a spider yeah. or a little or a little goblin or something. His limbs going everywhere. There's heads yeah. rotating around. Um, but he, he picks up the general sort of walking and moving. But for the first half of the film, he just flips his head around whenever he wants to look behind him. And it's real creepy. <laughs> yeah, it is. A bit. His, his mouth, uh, I never quite got over. It, just this massive... <laughs> gash in in the wood yeah uh even even when he's smiling the the tiny little unchanging eyes and Mm. just this massive opening in the mouth is still still a bit uncanny valley but i guess that's the point yeah i mean what makes the mouth bad for me is that he does have what appears to be an organic tongue cool there's a point in the movie where he sticks his tongue out and blows a raspberry at someone and my brain just went, no, <laughs> you're not allowed to have flesh. That's not it. how sound works. Stop <laughs> it. No. But that's not right. Why does he have, why does he have a normal tongue, but a puppet body? What's going on? Like, what is going on there? Actually, he eats and drinks. What's going on in there? I want to know. He is definitely shown to, uh, overeat when he's first introduced to, uh, cotton candy and hot chocolate. Mm. Um, I, I guess we're just meant to go with it. Yeah, uh, it it doesn't really come up at all. It's not like no. a hindrance. No, no, it's just really weird to me. It's like there's there's an early scene where like Geppetto's like, you don't need hot chocolate. You're a puppet, and he goes, but I want it, want it, want it. And Geppetto <laughs> gives him the hot chocolate, and he drinks it, and he likes it. Yeah, and it doesn't just like leak out of him or anything. The only hollow, the the only void in his body is Sebastian J. Cricket's home, Which as is, is his heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, little uh, hollow there that the the cricket made for himself. And of course, it it is wonderful. They say yes, it's a your your home in is in his heart, which is a wonderful little thing. But they never try and bash that into the ground, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. Good. There's many other themes to <laughs> to play with, I guess. So, uh, they could have gone really dark and have him get shot in the heart or something, and then he doesn't die. Like, why isn't he dead? Like, oh, I've got a hole in there, actually. <laughs> shot the one bit of me that wasn't me. Well, then, yeah, again, later on, in um, uh, when they start to do the war stuff, yeah. Uh they they absolutely could have gone full Frankenstein and say, My heart is now hollow. I have nothing left to give or something <laughs> like that. Um uh, <laughs> it could have another direction that it could have gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well The yeah. uh the rise of fascism was a wonderful thing. It is it's again, it's a Del Toro film. Capitalism and uh yeah. fascism <laughs> are going to be high on the on on the mm. on the villains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I uh I learnt in the last couple of days that uh 
the voice actor for Geppetto in the 1940s uh, Pinocchio oh. film was actually a Nazi. Oh. Uh, <laughs> cool, I guess. <laughs> yep, so there's really, that. Really which restructures is... that film that I watched as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that might be just an internet rumor, but that's something <laughs> that I learned from the internet. Um, but they, uh, they, they do kind of, uh, treat fascism with both the, um, derision it deserves, but also lightheartedness enough to keep it a, uh, yeah. a kid's film with, with Pinocchio doing his wonderful song and dance about farts <laughs> directly in front of Mussolini. <laughs> Uh, with his uh, response of "I don't like these puppets," shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I did love the the Mussolini character, not, <laughs> not the man historically, but the physical presentation of him. Where yeah. it's a perfect Mussolini head on a child's body. <laughs> <laughs> Just about, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not like it, these puppets. But yeah, uh, Pinocchio causes trouble from this point on mostly uh, mm-hmm. Geppetto wanted Carlo back Carlo is this you know wonderful obedient loving boy because he'd known Geppetto his whole life he'd known the world for his whole life mm-hmm. he sort of wasn't as curious and crazy anymore and Pinocchio's back he sounds exactly like his dead son but he's also you know one day old and breaking out of the house to go to church because dad said he was going to church. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to show myself off to the whole community. You're going to have to convince them that this is a regular puppet that you've programmed to, like, defile God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, And, you know, that's part of the joy of Pinocchio is he enjoys life. He loves life. Maybe a bit Doesn't too he? he sings about the fact that he loves life. Yes. What is it? What is it? <laughs> oh, the the that's a bedpan. Oh, what do you do with it? Do with it? Ah. Um. Uh, uh, we'll just move along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just he, his positive attitude of I see a thing, I love it. <laughs> I don't know it? what it is. What is that? But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the passion he responds uh, to absolutely everything. It's, yeah, it is yeah. wonderful. It is the appeal feel of the character. And um, as, as he as he goes along, uh, he for his very early life he has Geppetto and Sebastian to to guide him. Mm. But then he soon gets uh, uh, lured away. Yeah, uh, with the promise of. Uh, Lots of hot chocolate and yes. uh, stars in your eyes, uh, and has to learn for himself how to treat other people and what's mm. acceptable to <laughs> with how to be treated by other people. Yeah, um, yeah. he uh, uh, unionizes and uh, rebels <laughs> against uh, <laughs> his master. Yeah, uh, which is uh, again <laughs> another another del Torism. Yes. Yeah, the rise of the union. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Um, words. There we go, brain. Thank you. So yeah, he causes this massive stir in this rural village, to which the local priest and the local head of the fascist government here, the Podesta, ah oh, yes, 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 Ron Perlman, come to visit. Like, listen, we're not going to ask where the puppet came from. It's just a puppet. We totally believe you that that. 
He's a young boy in Paphos, Italy. He needs to go to school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He needs to. He needs. He needs to be like my son. Look at my boy, a strong fascist youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a good Italian <laughs> boy. Yes. Yeah, I, I love. I love the portrayal of the Podesta. I don't like the Podesta as a character. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. Just the, uh, the, the, the sort of the hyper, hyper toxic masculine figure is like, look at my wonderful son. I'm very proud of him as long as he's not a coward. Yeah. <laughs> It was Candlewick. Candlewick's story. Sorry to once again no, 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 go no. right ahead <laughs> towards right the end. Ahead. Um, Candlewick was. Uh, we don't really see him after the bombing. We see mm. that he survived because he was looking for Pinocchio, but then he just vanishes from the story. Out of the story. And yeah. he he learnt his lesson. He rebelled against his father. Okay, good. Mm. Bye bye. That's yep, very that's much. all you need. Yep. <laughs> he's yeah. A, he's yeah, a dollar so... for the taxi on the way home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the pedestrian is just like, the puppet's got to go to school. He's got to learn. And to sort of illustrate this point, Candlewick convinces Pinocchio he should stick his feet in the fire. At which mm. point Pinocchio goes, wow, I love burning. <laughs> look, look, my feet just roasting away. <laughs> and Geppetto uh, <laughs> uh, replaces his feet the next morning. Yeah. Uh, which again is like instantly makes me go down a little rabbit hole of how <laughs> this film could have ended, which is Pinocchio realizing that Eve, like, uh, Geppetto was just a woodworker who, who was just mm. a man. There was nothing special mm. about him. It was not his magic that brought him to life. Yeah. Yet normal wood can be applied and amended <laughs> to my body. So like, let's put him in a mech. Let, let, let's, let's go, let's go, uh, 40k. With Pinocchio, <laughs> and so in the in you know the grim, dark, far future, there is only one constant, one wooden <laughs> immortal, one one immortal that cannot be stopped oh, because he just comes God. back after like a couple of years of being asleep. <laughs> the only soldier who cannot be. <laughs> I mean, that was stopped. that was the fascist idea with him, I guess. Yeah. I do, I do have a fun mental image of just sort of grafting him into a ship. Yeah, and suddenly being able to just control the whole thing like it was his own body. I'm like, oh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some real yeah. naval superiority. Pinocchio navigating the warp. Oh, God. <laughs> in the deep future. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, the, that is technically the truth of Pinocchio is you just throw any old one on him and I guess that yeah. becomes him. Uh, but hey, whatever. He never, he never, never uses his that. ear, though. He only no. ever has one ear throughout the film. Which was uh, an interesting choice, and I'm still not sure mm. why they went with that. He's unfinished. He never carved the second ear. <laughs> I guess so. It's, or uh... snapped off or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is the point where we find out that when Pinocchio lies, his nose gets real big. Uh, in this case, it is really delightful because he's just growing into a full pine tree if he lies enough. Like the whole. Yes. Like it, it sprouts. If he keeps on lying, it starts growing little pines, uh, pine cones off it himself, and yeah. it just drops off. Which is, again, well, maybe that's Pinocchio propagation. Yeah, maybe that's how a wooden doll <laughs> uh, reproduces. Yeah, he, he reproduces <laughs> via asexual reproduction. <laughs> Make more Pinocchios. Well, what it is is he's he's preparing his own like future repair kit. 
<laughs> yeah. He's uh yeah, he's growing spare parts. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. It's like a stem cells treatment, you know, like oh the yeah. third arm fell off, let's plant this pine cone and we'll come back in a couple of years and will him an arm out of the sapling. Yeah, I, I I just can't throw the the image of him being like ha- having a a full underground base full of spare parts where like <laughs> it needs to go full war doctor uh Pinocchio. <laughs> then he's like, Okay, here's my massive beefcake arm and legs, here's my armored spine. Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> um, but if if we if we can swap bits out then you know Yeah. yeah. Why not? Uh <laughs> just the one hollow heart the only bit that he mm. can't replace. Yeah, that's also <laughs> trunk. Um, I mean, just the trunk, really. That works both human anatomy-wise and tree-wise. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the very next day, they do some more work. They finish Christ. They finally repair Christ's blown-off arm. Uh, and then Pinocchio gets to go off to school, at which point he's uh, talent-scouted. <laughs> by by a one-eyed monkey and the most suspicious man on earth. But Pinocchio doesn't know that. No. He's met like five people and they were all lovely. They gave him hot chocolate and they hardly <laughs> ever threatened to throw him in prison or anything. And, <laughs> and so this man with like a ginger Dracula hairdo, I want to yeah, say. A, a nose like that could a, be used as a mining instrument. And, yeah, and a, a nose a rivaling tool. Pinocchio's. Yeah rocks up in all his glory and then sounds like Christoph Waltz and he goes, I'm going to trust this man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, Christoph Waltz was such a fantastic... The only only person Mm. I I feel that could have done a better job might have been Tim Curry. I I almost felt like I was watching Tim Curry in a couple of uh, points. Mm. Just uh, that nose-in-the-air villainous, uh, wonderfully camp sort of attitude. (laughs) But... Of course, Christoph Waltz has his own version of it. Well, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Pinocchio is sort of swept off to join the circus. Uh, it, you know, hey, Sebastian Cricket does his best to stop him, but physically cannot contend with a full-grown no. human and a monkey. No, I, I <laughs> guess that's uh, that's wonderfully metaphoric. Like mm. uh, you, the the heart knows that a uh, a particular direction you're taking might be wrong, mm. but sometimes the heart is not enough to stop you. Yeah, peer pressure, <laughs> man. That, yeah. Well, adult pressure, actually, I guess, really. <laughs> In this case. Yeah. Uh, he goes off to join the circus, has a wonderful evening, uh, at which point Geppetto gets the message from the pedestals like, hey, your son didn't show up to school today. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go looking for him. Uh, and Geppetto finds Sebastian's crushed, nearly lifeless body, picks him up, and through the rules of slapstick, Sebastian is then fine. <laughs> uh, tells him that Pinocchio joined the carnival, and off he goes to rescue his son. The long and the short of it is, Pinocchio's a star. He's beloved. Because there's no better intro to an act than, this is the puppet show. <laughs> Open the curtain, there's the puppet on its strings. And then you and pull then out a sword and cut the strings. And the puppet dances and does a beautiful musical number. It's fantastic. Uh, he's a huge hit, and Geppetto is very angry that he didn't go to school and angry that he, you know, like, half-destroyed Carlos's old school book that he'd been given. And so uh, begins leaving with him. 
and is accosted by Volpe on the way out, at which point there's a bit of an argument. They literally struggle over Pinocchio, at which yes. point he's run over by a truck. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, that didn't really feel out of place either, which is mm. a, a, bit, a little bit odd, I guess, because obviously it wasn't really a thing in the uh, in the original. No, but no. Um, it was it was uh, um, what's the word? Uh, telecast. Uh, oh yes, it was it was shown. You can see that you can see the truck coming. Yeah, fore- foreshadowed. Foreshadowed. Thank you. There we go. Yeah, Chekhov's truck has a very short <laughs> runtime because the truck is already moving towards the plot. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> yes, well done. Yeah. Um, and then he wakes up. Uh, Hold on, before he wakes up, okay, we get this beautiful bird's eye shot of a bunch of people in the morgue with Pinocchio's body. Yes, it's like the boy's dead. He's rigid. Well, he's always been rigid. He's made him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, very, very slapstick. Yeah, Uh, but then we get not quite a slapstick. uh, This underworld of coffins funeral procession with four black rabbit skeletons. Yeah, those rabbit skeletons were characters. Again, it feels like there's so much lore going on here, so much Mm. more than there really is. Yeah. These, like, you could so easily assign um, deep character lore to every Mm. one of these rabbits that could, like, one could be a a spectre of one sort of life or death. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I I really like those rabbits, and I was happy to yeah. see the the uh, rabbit on the matchbox later later down in the film. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. So they they carry this coffin with Pinocchio's face and name carved on it, pop it up on the wall, and they sit down to play their game of poker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at which point they hear us like, "Oh, a game! Can I play? Can I play?" Uh, and You're Pin- dead. <laughs> Pinocchio refuses to be dead, uh, which all, all that boyish naivete. Uh, and so he gets to go through to meet the boss, and here's Tilda Swinton too, as the, <laughs> as the Sphinx, which I loved. The Sphinx. Oh sort yes, of, of course. It's sort of a, a chimeric Sphinx. Yeah, figure. and the uh, the wood sprite had no legs. Yeah, sort of a furry mermaid tail. Yeah, and this one has all the legs. Yeah. Covered in eyes. And yeah. the Sphinx had eyes all up and down her massive uh horizontal horns. Yeah. Which was uh again, oh it felt like such a Hellboy character. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Uh and this is the, the counterpoint to life, the wood sprite. This is death. Yeah. No no sprite name associated. Very uh, disappointed in her sister in uh <laughs> having such flagrant disregard for the rules, capital T, yes. capital R. Yes. Um, and uh, telling Pinocchio that there is consequences to breaking these rules. And as a result, yes, 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 you're immortal, but you're going to have a little bit of a break when mm. you die before you can come back to life. And every time that yes. you do die, that break gets a little bit longer, which again, yeah. it sends me down that rabbit hole of like... Uh, 
if it is 40,000 years in the future, then he, then he, and then he does die. Is it like 41,000 years in the future then? And like, he just time skips down through the Imperium or? I mean, I mean, potentially, yeah. Uh, this, this, this very nicely visually illustrated by a spiral of ever larger hourglasses. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. The, the effects that they had with those hourglasses when she taps them, oh indicating God. that they can be broken, and yeah. it just uh, the cracks through the glass look like they ice up and then evaporate afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's uh, everything feels so powerful, so so magically uh, oriented, but yet narratively, uh, uh, it, it feels like a Neil Gaiman thing. Where yeah. ev- every single thing has meaning, but mm. doesn't necessarily, it doesn't actually necessarily have meaning. Yes. It just feels like it does. It's such as the power of 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 how they've uh, created the scene and yeah. uh, how they how they light it and everything like that. That's yeah, that's it's, so it's really good. It's really good. Uh, but yeah, uh, Pinocchio gets to turn over the first very little hourglass. And says, wait, I've got a question for you. And the hourglass runs out. He sinks into the black sand and <laughs> wakes up on the on the table in the morgue, shocking everyone. Um the Podesta immediately says, Well, he's off to the he's off to the youth camp. He's the perfect immortal soldier for fascist Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Volp is like, Oh cool, he's immortal. He's I've still got this contract with a ten million lira breakage clause. <laughs> And Geppetto goes, well, we're going home. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do think the the fascist identifying him as uh, the perfect soldier was that was quite amusing. It was really funny because if it all it takes is one second to look at Pinocchio's personality and go, my man, you're never going to train that out of him. Yeah. <laughs> It's never going to work the way you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and we see that we mm-hmm. we see him learning that uh, throughout the film, and eventually deciding uh, what is good and how he should how yeah. he should act. It was uh, it was uh, a difference to a lot of the uh, Disney esque uh, mm-hmm. sort of films where they learn the lesson at the very last second and yes. the rest of the movie is just sort of building where yeah. where, where this Pinocchio does have uh, a few different little twists and turns that mm. teach him something every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Geppetto is like potentially saddled with his enormous debt and his yes. new son is going to be taken away to join the fascists, which is also <laughs> not great because Geppetto, not a fan of this whole war business after the last son. Well, yeah. Uh, the war took his first son from him. Yeah. You'd, you'd expect him to be a little bit anti-violence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they, they go to bed. We'll figure it out in the morning. And Pinocchio just immediately goes, well, I've got to help Dad. I'm going to leave, join the circus so he doesn't have to pay off 10 million lira. <laughs> and that way I also don't have to go to war, which is bad. Uh, yeah. And then we get we get a a bit of Pinocchio's just traveling adventures with circus while Geppetto desperately follows behind, uh, looking for him. And you know he has a good time. He performs. He gets more and more and more popular. 
uh, while Spazatura, the, the monkey who operates the regular puppets, and can speak human words, but only through the puppets. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? That's, it's yeah, that's, that's shown strange. very early on, and mm. it's definitely sort of, uh, uh strangled words, mm. but can definitely speak, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Fully, fully human level intelligence monkey. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, Spazatura's star sort of dims as Pinocchio's star rises, and Spazatura gets very, uh, very anxious and unhappy about this and ends up informing Pinocchio that actually Count Volpe was never planning on sending money home to his father like he said he would. Yes. Uh, but they've got a big show coming up they need to get ready for. It's Benito Mussolini is coming. <laughs> Il, I just, Duce. I, Il Duce. I love Count Volpe here because he's always greasy. Yes. But he so does greasy. have genuine hero worship for this. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh fascist dictator. Yeah, he's like, Il Duce and I are very close. Here's a series of photos of us together, and it's him outside yeah. uh, Mussolini's in, in, in palace. Crowd. Yeah, yeah. He's like, here, yeah, you can see him, and he, like, points at a window in the background of the show. He's like, he was right there. We are just hanging out. I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, I guess. Um, and Spazatura and Pinocchio have decided they've had quite enough of this. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna just really mess this up and uh, put on <laughs> the the same little proud it, Italian fascist act they've been doing the last few months. Yeah, where Pinocchio like is like a soldier singing about how brave Italians are and everything, but it's all about pooping and farting on Mussolini, uh, <laughs> which is wonderfully childish. It is. It, it's like perfectly in character. Uh, yeah, Volpe is furious, obviously. Uh, we get Mussolini, who's his favorite, famous. I don't like these puppets. <laughs> Shoot him. Uh, <laughs> That's the last song that they have in the film, isn't it? They, they sort of forget that they're a musical after that and then just uh, yeah. do a, gets, a normal stop motion. It gets serious after that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. He dies again. So, yeah. He dies again, yeah. He gets shot, and uh, <laughs> in, in the chaos, uh, the Podesta, who is there with his son Candlewick, grabs the body is like he wakes up in a van on the way to fascist youth camp is like i knew you'd live again now you're going to do your duty to the country <laughs> and um this is where we sort of get real deep into the fascist italy part of the setting mm. because you know this this is a youth camp it's for producing soldiers yeah. it's like fully and terribly menacing um I've been watching on Netflix recently as a as a side tangent. I've been watching Monster. Have you the animated the anime about um a serial killer in post Berlin Wall Germany? Mm, no, I haven't. Uh, tell yeah. me more. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, this this doctor saves a young boy who's been shot in the head, and ten years later in the nineties, it turns out he's a a psychopathic serial killer. Huh. And if the, that if he hadn't chosen to perform that brain surgery instead of saving the mayor, none of this would have happened. But aesthetically, all the East Germany buildings fit the aesthetic of this fascist youth camp so well. That's huh. why this popped into my life. There's this super menacing orphanage and it's that same grey like brutalism structure. Yeah. 
that just feels like soul sucking in the context of what's actually going on here. Mm. You know, all all the boys are afraid and not having a great time until they settle in, at least. And uh, then to sort of goad each other on to say, like, I'm not afraid. You're yeah. afraid. No, I'm not <laughs> afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. Yes. Yeah, and then then they sort of get into the the driving point of training kids to be fascist, which is they need yeah. to be violent reprobates. Yes. Uh, with no idea of uh, anything but winning is yeah. what they need to be trained to do. It was very, uh, it, they could have easily um, hit this one home a little bit harder and a little bit longer. And I'm, I'm oh. kind of happy to, uh, that they chose not to. Mm. It was mm. just uh, good old Candlewick and Pinocchio uh, sort of winning the day together. But of course, yeah. his fascist dad didn't like that. One no. of you have to win and the other has to lose. Because yeah. that is war and that is how it was. That is how it yeah. is done. Yeah, there's no uh, mutual, like, happy existence under yeah. that system, which is the core point of an anti-fascist message is like, yeah. these people aren't going to tolerate anything else working out. Yeah, no and, shades of grey. If you're not for yeah. us, you're against us. Yeah, yep. and they illustrate that really nicely because, yeah, they do as sort of a capture-the-flag-style yeah. exercise where they pit the boys in two teams against each other and it ends with Candlewick and Pinocchio sort of in this fierce battle to tie the flag on yeah. and they both win they decide so they tie the flags together and raise this like unified flag I'm like oh that's so sweet and touching this isn't going to end well <laughs> and uh, the Podesta indeed draws his pistol and tells Candlewick to shoot Pinocchio shoot him <laughs> yeah that's okay he, he, he gets better <laughs> He'll come back, so shoot him in the head, yeah. son. <laughs> wow, oh, you love your you love your child so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it was nice to have just a straight out baddie that isn't just Bulma. Mm. Yes. Um, reveals his uh, colors to be exactly the colors that you thought he was in yeah. early on in the film. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and this this tragedy of the two friends being split is sort of mollified by an allied bombing run mm. occurring right as this is about to go down. Uh, you know, defending each other, Candlewick and Pinocchio work together and shoot his dad in the eye with a paint gun, which yeah. that's not safe. <laughs> but Sam, you know why it's not safe. It's because everyone who gets shot in the eye with a paint gun stumbles backwards and has a bomb fall on their head. Yep, yep, that's uh, that's the rules. Uh, either that or falling <laughs> off a cliff, you know, one like yeah. either either will do. Yeah, either will do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just sort of stumbling around. Ah, my eyes. Ah, dawn coming traffic or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um. <laughs> oh man. And then, uh, yeah, Pinocchio uh gets launched from the bomb out into. Yeah. Is it into the open ocean? How does that work? No, he he gets launched into the cliffs nearby. That's where right. Olpe and Spazatura have been waiting to grab him. <laughs> just, just hanging just around. This like amazing gift somewhere. for ballistic physics. He knows yeah. exactly where the bomb is going to fall, where Pinocchio is going to uh, yeah. end up. Aha! Yes. It exactly. was me all along. Yeah, uh, and in some kind of sick imagery, he ties Pinocchio to a cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was... That was a little on the nose, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it just, you know, crucify Pinocchio, 
Uh, yeah. Also Burnham, also yeah. Burnham this day, but mo- mostly yeah. Crucified. Now that, that I believe Crucified Pinocchio was uh, charred 16 foot Jesus' first album. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like a great album. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Crucified yeah, Pinocchio. Well, we'll just nail him. He's made of wood. Tap 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 tap. Eh, easy. Easy. Oh no! Yeah. Now he's merged with the cross. He's become more powerful. <laughs> Oh god. Um but he yeah, has the power uh, of the crucifix. Exactly. Um Spazatura, however, is not on board fully with this after he and Pinocchio got pretty tight earlier in the film. Yeah. And uh rebels against his master Volpe and uh everyone falls into the ocean. Um and Volpe fully eats it. He lands directly on a rock and you know, he doesn't explode. It's a kid's film, but I'm like, that is the most dead person I've seen in a child's film in like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> very, very yes. It was, it was, it was also <laughs> extremely satisfying. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just the, the most dead kid's film character since Bambi's mother. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, God. But uh, Pinocchio and Spazatura land in the sea, and um, yes. this is where we sort of catch up with what's been going on with Sebastian Cricket and Geppetto. They've been following the circus. Uh, this performance was on an island. Was it? I guess it was like on Sicily or something. Oh, um, yeah, Italian island number nine. Yes. Yes. Yeah, something like that. And uh, so Geppetto paid an old, you know, behooked and peg-legged boat captain. <laughs> to get them across the strait. It's like, okay, but there's like that that place is a terrible place no ships come back from. There's there's the sea dog out there. Yeah. Like, oh sure, I don't know what that is. Uh they see a giant beastie in the water and turn around to see the captain just T pose and throw himself off the boat, <laughs> more or less. Uh, <laughs> yep. Good luck. Yeah, the uh, they, the internet calls that the dogfish. I don't know if that's the yes. uh, proper name I, for it. The... I believe that is the the proper name for it in the right. story. Uh, it's a big big old sea beastie called the dogfish. <laughs> yes, it's quite alright. Uh, and um, it's it's kind of a crazy, somewhat eldritchy abomination of a of a creature because. Well, it's where you expect a lot of the Del Toro magic to uh, be central, right? Okay, yeah. great big monster, Leviathan in some stories, yeah. whale in others. You, you, I'm, I was expecting, I was certainly expecting more tentacles, I'll say that. Um, <laughs> I was expecting possibly more, more rows of teeth. Uh, I suppose Had they already overspent their eye budget for the, uh, <laughs> the wood sprite and the um, the sphinx. Yes. Um. So yeah, this dogfish is just the normal two. Uh, yeah. It it uh, they they definitely had extra plasticine to waste on oh, his yeah. forehead. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> weird that he. It's almost like a a blobfish rather than yeah. a dogfish in yeah. in, in shape. <laughs> um I was I was quite happy that uh as soon as they were all swallowed uh mm. that the uh the viscera inside the yeah. uh the dogfish was it lived up it lived up to expectation I yeah. I was, it was uh, gross in there. 
Yep. <laughs> yep. I was uh, quite happy to see yeah, glistening flesh as walls and ceiling oh. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, uh... it was exactly what I was <laughs> what I was expecting. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Geppetto and Sebastian Cricket got swallowed by this dogfish all along with the boat they were on mm. and uh, have been surviving off fishing inside its, like, slowly liquefying internals. Mm. Mm. Just, That's... Just, just on a sea of stomach juice. Yeah, you'd, you'd expect you'd expect some sort of like uh, nod to realism, and there'd be like uh, high corrosion on uh, uh, all surfaces because it's stomach yeah. acid. But nope, nope. Happy to happy to fish and cook the fish that are in yeah, this little yeah. stomach ocean. It's a slow, it's a slow burn acid. You know, it's really mid pH. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you when you have to digest. Boats, I guess it's a long term is the only way to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and you know this this creature is so rare. As we find out a little later in the film, like it comes up once every few decades for like a few months, and then it just yeah. disappears again. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, a Spazatura and Pinocchio also get swallowed by the giant dogfish at this point. Yeah. Uh, and they all have a happy reunion. It's like, oh, Dad, you're here, and Sebastian Cricket's here. Yay. Now we just have to get out of this dogfish. Yeah. Because as, yeah, as previously stated, it's about to just go back to the bottom of the ocean for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a great not a great place to live. You'll starve to death down there. Um, so yeah, so whereupon they, uh, they use ingenuity to save the day, don't they? That they do. They command Pinocchio's nose to uh, extend itself into a bridge into some <laughs> uh, ticklish little uh, exit hole uh, yeah. above them. Like a spherical uh, almost, really. This is the weirdest creature because they're in its stomach and there's a direct passage to its nose. Mm, right? Yeah. So <laughs> how's that one going to work? I mean, you... Mm, mm. We do we like, do have the eustachian tube which connects that and goes straight down the back mm-hmm. of your throat. But then again, this thing was connected to a elephant's trunk, trunk on the top of its head yeah. somehow. So, I'm saying biologically, this thing does is like meant to surface and hang out. So maybe it's like an air pump. So when it needs to surface, it swims up as high as it can and pumps air to inflate its stomach so it can float near the surface. Uh, yeah, no, that's a possibility. That is a possibility. Maybe uh, so weird. <laughs> maybe its incredibly long digestive cycle means that it can't pass waste very well. So after uh, the ten years, it just just uh, shoots all this effluence from this massive <laughs> elephant's oh, trunk God. from its head. Uh, everything that's left, everything that hasn't sort yeah. of osmotically been absorbed by these fleshy walls. Who uh, knows. <laughs> This this thing is a monster among monsters. It's so <laughs> weird. I love it. It's it, it is. I I I mean, coming off the back of Mad God, it's really hard to compare uh, oh. <laughs> any any uh, weirdness <laughs> that just skews absolutely everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, claymation has always been extremely expressive yeah. uh, with yeah. with monsters and uh, so, such uh, an amazing. Uh, medium to express yourself creatively. Mm. This, yeah. this dogfish almost seemed 
almost seemed basic, almost seemed like a more of a plot mm. device than a, uh, a a monster or a creature unto itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it was absolutely wonderful. It was what it needed to be, but I don't, I, at least for me, it didn't feel as, uh, as fleshed out as the wood sprite wow. or the sphinx. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, there's not that extra room for like <laughs> wondering about how exactly it fits into the, the world and cosmology. Yeah. It's just, it's just a big sea monster. It, yeah. <laughs> it big sea monster. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they climbed the Pinocchio nose bridge, which he can snap off at will, which I also hate. <laughs> like once it's long enough, it's heavy enough that he can just sort of snap it off, and then he just has a flat nose for the rest of the scene, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it it does seem weird. It, it we're having an entire movie where with a large carrot on your nose, mm. and then just okay, no crack. There we go, normal nose. Mm. Um, but I guess that's narrative imperative, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he, uh, he picks up on the fact that he needs to lie to make his nose grow so that they have a bridge very, very quickly. Uh, he, and, and he goes into it with gusto, knowing yeah. now the difference between, uh, truth and lies and how important mm. they are. And zoom. And, yep. uh, he saves the day. But then he doesn't because they, uh, good old Geppetto and, uh, uh, they, he was climb, they were climbing up his nose and nearly got out and then Pinocchio falls off and then Geppetto falls off in the, like, subversion of, are they going to catch each other? How are they going to get out? And then yeah. he, then they all get sneezed out, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just that fun little extra few seconds of tension where you're like, oh no, they really messed this one up. And it's like, actually, it's fine. Yeah, and then they then they land in a sea minefield. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> another uh, another capital C coincidence. Uh, yeah, wonderful little thing. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, again, they, where they where he swallows that sea mine, and you expect mm. them to just sort of throw off the chain, and he. Uh, I, I was expecting Pinocchio mm. to almost like run on the water so quickly, yeah. like Wily e. Coyote. Uh, his way <laughs> after it, after shoving the sea mine down the throat. But no, it's mm. much more intense than that. And oh, he yeah. gets washed down past the sea mine, and then has to swim up a river, yeah. and grab onto the sea mine, then just go, book, and yeah. uh, press the pin to make it explode. Yeah, um, it's, it's the dramatic moment of any like movie with an explosive device where yes. a character is being gut shot and is dragging themselves. <laughs> the yeah. big button is like, I gotta. Yeah, fade to white. Yeah, um, fade to chunk in this case. Yeah, in this case, yeah, fade fade to let's feed the fishies. <laughs> uh, again, a very satisfying end to uh, oh. to a character. Yeah. Um, how did the how did the whale die in the original Pinocchio? How did they? I don't know if it even did die. Let me look at that. Or do they just uh, do they do they just escape its mouth and? It, uh, and then wash up on the shore later on? Maybe. Maybe they did. Uh, let me let me look quickly. I'm going to do a quick bit of on-the-fly research. <laughs> woo, woo. Uh, if the internet will cooperate with me. Uh, smash the raft to pieces. Ah. Yes, okay. 
um, in the in the Disney animated F- Pinocchio, uh, they are swimming away from the the giant whale and swim through a small hole in a big rock structure, which the whale slams itself into. That's uh, right. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's that's how that one goes. In this case, the sea mine, much more action packed. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we we have we have certain standards to uphold today. We. If if there's been very few guns in the movie so far, so surely we have to have some sort of explosion. I mean, fair. If you show show a sea mine 20 minutes earlier when Geppetto's first going... You're going to expect a big bada-boom. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, And Pinocchio is once again flung into the land of the dead. uh, Yes. But his father is out there in the ocean, and he's old as hell. He's like 75 or something at this point. Mm, Thrown into the water, about to die. Yeah, about to drown. Yeah. Um, Pinocchio's like, I gotta go back now. And Death says, ah, You know what? You know how this works. You're onto the third hourglass at this point. Look how big it is. Uh, but you know, you can just break the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes breaking the rules is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always a, a good point in life when you find that one out. It's, yeah. uh... <laughs> it's an important thing to learn. Uh, but there are always consequences. In this case, Pinocchio, the consequences is you'll be mortal, but just don't die again and you'll be fine. It's so weird considering it's a uh, very central to, uh, not just the plot, but like in universe lore that mm. the, oh no, you, you don't have a real soul. You have a borrowed soul. Mm. You're not a real boy. Uh oh! Except if you break the rules, and then you're a real yeah. boy, and everything's fine. Yeah, like, and oh, no, you die, but yeah. it's okay because almost immediately after. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, let, yeah, I won't. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. G uh, he, he comes back after breaking the uh both the rules and the hourglass. Mm-hmm. He is transported back. Uh and. Even though he has uh, one less arm and one less leg, he manages to mm. swim down, rescue Geppetto, and uh, bring him bring him to shore. But yes. dies uh, dies doing so. He uh, drowns. Yes. Yeah. He does have little lungs in there somewhere? Yeah, I guess so. Like you'd expect wood to float. You would, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. But never mind, never mind. Yeah, no, um, yeah, no Spazzatori, uh manages to cough up a little water. Geppetto mm. uh, reaches land, uh, coughs up a little water, and then they're so very sad at uh, the now immobile wooden puppet. Yes. yes. Uh, and then Tilda Swinton shows up, which is everyone's favourite time, is whenever Tilda Swinton shows yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this time is life who is here to apologize to Geppetto because she just wanted to bring him joy. And we get the line from the movie that is sticking with me the most, I find, which is, well, you did. You brought me such terrible, terrible joy. And I'm like, wow, if that ain't just the summary mm. of loving other people. Is It's mm-hmm. great, but man, yep, it can suck sometimes. <laughs> that right there is like, okay, this is one of the lessons the movie has to teach us. Tick that one off. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that was, it, was, it was nice. Kids are great, but they're also terrible. Thanks, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting how life sort of both understood that mm-hmm. uh, when it was told to her instantly, but yes. wasn't able to pick up on the general theme of it up until that point. <laughs> it's, uh, again, it's uh, 
it just sort of brings an aloofness to the uh, mm. life and death characters that, again, it makes it feel like there's a lot more lore than there really is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, at this point, she turns to Sebastian J. Cricket, who's like, well, you said you'd give me a wish, right? He's like, well, that depends. Was he a good boy? He's like, well, he was the best he could be. Yeah. The best any of us could hope to be. He but, was... Okay. He was a boy that was given life. He had a father and a friend. I mean, really, that's, that's as good as, uh, yeah. most of us can expect. Exactly. Uh, and of, so, of course, uh, Sebastian J. Cricket wishes for him to be alive again. Yes. Which seems to be, like, back to the original contract of as long as you waited out, you're going to live forever. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, again, it, uh, it, yeah. it magically... <laughs> is brought back to life. So is he on a borrowed soul again? Is it like so. back to square one? I he, think so. <laughs> it's certainly, it's implied because directly after that, it shows like, uh, them going happily ever after. Yeah. Um, the, uh, he outlives Portrepetto, outlives Bethatori, outlives Sebastian J. Cricket in his God. little matchbox coffin. Yeah. Uh, that, that he keeps that was... in his heart. That was such a great point because mm. Sebastian has been narrating this whole film. Like mm. the first voice you hear is him yeah. talking about this story. And then, you know, it's like, and then we lived together for several years. And then one winter morning, they found me all curled up on the windowsill. And I'm like, that's uh. a dead bug. All right. Wait, why is he talking? Yeah. And then, you <laughs> and then you know, like, and years later, Geppetto couldn't make it anymore. And he passed, you know, he passed away. Yeah, and then Pinocchio went off for new adventures in parts unknown, and mm. then the camera pulls out to Jiminy Cricket sitting at the ta- at the poker table with all of the dead rabbits, <laughs> regaling his his tales to the mm. the rabbit skeletons who yeah. treat his uh his wonderful narrative as uh any other bollocks one would talk at a poker table. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. God. And that, that's the film. We end with uh, the musical number that Sebastian tried to do multiple times throughout the film but never got off the ground. Yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, it was that's good. exactly where the, where a Jiminy Cricket song uh, that I was uh, I was happy to hear it at the end, mm-hmm. not yeah. halfway through. <laughs> oh, exactly. exactly. And, yeah, it is so ridiculously good, this film. Yeah. Um, I just, the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's it's so universally accepted as as like the best Pinocchio film to come out recently. Um, yeah. It's so universally accepted as the best stop motion that anyone's ever seen uh, yeah. for quite a while. Yeah, most people won't have seen Mad God, no, and that's more than fair God enough. Accepted. It's not to the taste of everyone. Um, <laughs> But it is wonderful, absolute, an absolute delight. Uh, when yeah. Ardman, when Nick Ardman's studio got burnt down like a couple of mm. decades ago, and yeah. it, that just it wasn't the end of Wallace and Gromit, but it was certainly the end of the the wonderful, delightful, amazing yeah. uh, creative process. It was sort of got a bit mm. uh, got a bit corporate after that, after yeah. they rebuilt and. Uh, branched out and licensed yeah. the ideas yeah. the uh the oh, the attention to detail in in the stop motion for all this was amazing when they were swimming through the water mm. i i really wish that they uh 
in the making of the on Netflix that they showed more about how they did the water and the fire effects because I'm yeah. really curious yeah. they whether or not that that was just something drawn on or mm. uh, if it was actually layers of clay the oh, <laughs> change changing with every frame. I don't want to think about that. That's <laughs> the uh, the lighting on all of the sets was amazing. Uh, mm. The 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 making of a uh, little documentary uh, showed a little of that. Uh, yeah. I, I read somewhere else that apparently the uh, the lighting director was told to watch The Godfather and uh, to sort of get lighting direction from from that. Yeah. And I guess that makes sense. I mean, it's it's a <laughs> very Italian sort of <laughs> film. <laughs> Um, but, uh, having, having something with the gravitas of, of the Godfather, something, Mm. uh, so steeped in, uh, in Omerta institution and having that, that mindset, that, uh, Mm. ambience brought to a, uh, a puppet brought to life is, it's a, such a strange combination, but well. Thank, thanks, Del Toro. You've done it again. He really has. Um, this film was a long time coming. It was. It was announced in 2008 and initially slotted to release in 2013. Yeah. Um, apparently just kept rolling on until 2017 when it shut down for a year. And then mm. in 2018, Netflix picked it up. And four years after that, we got this film. Yep. Uh, Netflix but, picked it up. COVID happened. And then yep. when that died down yeah you can feel the time and effort that has gone into this it is you definitely can it is like detail perfect yes it is kind of ridiculous like there's also there are scenes where there are like dozens of background characters yeah not even out of focus just behind the main shot and they are all fully animated and moving as well and like yeah. how many like you, you take your picture someone goes in and makes like 400 minor adjustments across this whole little set. Mm-hmm. You take your mm-hmm. next picture. Like I, I remember an Ardman Studios interview with a, they were like, we're lucky to do like four seconds of footage a day. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. There and was uh, one God. point in the, um, in the children's camp where there were mm-hmm. the, the children, the, the soldier training camp yep. where it looks like a, uh, a trenches sort of situation mm-hmm. and all the boys are lined up in a mobile, uh, I- immobile with the, the fascist, uh, standing in front of them. And as far as you can see, no one's moving. The, yeah. the, the, the fascist sort of turns, uh, his body and his head to talk to different boys occasionally, but, there's almost no motion whatsoever, but mm. there is a spotlight just sort of roaming yeah. the uh, the trenches all around. And this is exactly the sort of shortcut that most studios would take. They would have the uh, the characters in mobile, and then they would just have an actual torch just roaming yeah. up and down the set and yeah. record it in motion rather than stop motion. But that's not what they do. No, they uh, they have the light. And they they record it uh, frame by frame, moving around it. It's very very clearly (laughs) done in stop motion, not uh, not the cheating Uh, way. Yeah, and it's exactly the sorry. It it would feel wrong if they didn't. You'd have this section where yeah, it would take you right out of the immersion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
They they wow. choose not to take any shortcuts because this is the art that Del Toro does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like love this guy from from his you know my entire lifetime and beyond that he's been making films and they've been good the whole time. Yeah, but like yeah, this is this feels like a real passion project, which yeah. apparently Pinocchio is very near and dear to his heart, and this film is dedicated to his parents, so a, a lot of love and work went into this. And yeah, uh, I'm glad yeah. we got it in the same year as two decidedly subpar Pinocchio films. So at least there was one <laughs> good one for 2022. It it is interesting that isn't it? it, it in a uh, in an industry full of coincidences, mm. it, it is interesting that they decided really to release three of the buggers in one in one go. <laughs> Uh well you know it'll be you know there'll be four Cinderellas or something in a couple of years time, <laughs> probably as as they continue to mine uh, yeah for for content the past yeah. ever deeper ever deeper uh but yeah that was that was Del Toro's Pinocchio mm. ending uh not quite with the uh mm. with the song and dance routine but before mm. it launches into that you see yes. Pinocchio uh putting putting to bed his his friends walking away from the grave and then the camera pans up to a pine cone on a tree just yeah. sort of falling uh from the tree and it's uh well it's not Im- even implied it's it's stated directly that he's immortal because he's yeah. outlived everyone around him yeah uh and without aging they yeah, I'm pretty sure killing himself in an accident as far as we can tell. I'm I'm pretty <laughs> sure they state that directly. So yeah, we are yeah. still talking about borrowed soul territory. We are still talking about being <laughs> able to take random bits of wood and affixing it to God. yourself. <laughs> You're not gonna quit until Games Workshop licenses Pinocchio for <sighs> Toro, are you? I I <laughs> desperately want a singing, dancing puppet in in the 40k universe. I'm not sure if this is. <laughs> I, it's <sighs> the 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 transhumanist idea of being able to uh, better yourself from any material around you is yeah. is something that I really think they could <laughs> has has has, has a potential to be mined here. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. they've they've left it like that. Oh, yeah. He he got new feet by nailing new feet onto him. Uh, <laughs> surely, what what would happen if he had uh, an extra set of arms, like oh, like God. his uh, like his emotional uh, <laughs> driver, uh, old Sebastian J? Yeah. Uh, what what would happen if he affixed some wings to his back? <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, it's clearly no no holds barred here. There's no oh, rules. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um look, you never know. One day we'll see that maybe. Um <laughs> maybe he will go without dying for such a long time mm. and uh he is able to successfully build a body that is impervious <laughs> to damage oh, and uh, like goes 10,000 years before he's able to meet up with death again. And she yeah. goes, you're abusing this privilege. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I would love that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's such a good film. If you've listened to this whole episode without watching it, go watch it. We can yeah, say how it's nice fantastic. it looks as much as we like. That's not as good as going to watch it. 
we've glossed through the plot. Guess what? This intricate detail there and lots of funny stuff we didn't touch on. It's all worth watching. Yeah. Go watch this film. There's it's fantastic. 98% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, 84%, I believe, uh, viewership rating. Yeah. Um, like that. It is beyond critically acclaimed. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's an absolute delight from start to finish. It is the Pinocchio we deserve. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, please go watch Pinocchio. God knows it can use every bit of support it can get because Netflix do be just throwing things away on a whim these days. <sighs> yeah, um, no, I, <laughs> I, I feel like Netflix's uh, mortality is a lot more real than Pinocchio's at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you dissolve, you will come back, but you have to spend some time in the executive boardroom <laughs> with me. Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, we'll do some admin and then we'll patch up. Um, as usual, Sam, you don't really have anywhere to be found on the internet, and I applaud you no, for that. Decision. Avoid the socials. Good idea. Um, I'm not as smart. I'm still on Twitter because Twitter, for some reason, still functions. Still not sure how that's... <laughs> that is amazing. It is. That, that is definitely Pinocchio-level uh, industrial strength. <laughs> like, shortly before Christmas, I saw a tweet from Elon Musk, like, Twitter's doing great today, even after I turned off some of the servers. I'm like, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> Those are oh. <laughs> I, oh, I've I've never been... I've never had the drive to climb the corporate ladder in these sorts of companies, but <laughs> being the CEO of something that massive would definitely have its perks. Oh, I, yeah. I, I want to be able to turn off a server that everyone in the world would notice <laughs> if I did, you know? Just, just see them blink. <laughs> just, just like, just a little button that says internet on off sort of thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, this is everyone's mandated day without the internet. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you can still find me on there somehow, some why, uh, at night underscore twitten. That's night without K. Uh, come see what's going on in Australia. It's mostly, it's hot, and my cat has had dental surgery. Uh, God, that was expensive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I love her, and she's doing fine. So you can see photos of her being weird and zonked out. Uh, she is adorable. She is adorable. Uh, our wayward co-host, Dave, you can find at tenunot underscore plus. He's got that in the description of the show because Lord knows I'm not going to spell that. And Leonard, <laughs> you can find on both Twitter and YouTube as Dr. Faust is Dead. And you can find his professional works under Umbra Knox Productions, again, on both platforms. Uh, please check him out. He's doing some good stuff. He's doing some good work. Um, next week, I'm also hosting the show. I've got to work out what that's going to be and who or what I'll be talking uh, with. Who knows? I could set up chat GPT with a text to voice. Um, <laughs> that's a horror show all by itself. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we'll figure that out in the meantime. It'll come to you when it comes to you. Uh, in the, in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. It's been an honor and a pleasure to kick off the new year for the show uh, and catch you next time. Bye everyone. Good evening. Monster Dear Monster is brought to you by Fireheart Media. If you enjoyed the show, please share this and all of our episodes with friends. And remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Word of mouth is the only way we grow. If you like, you can also kick us a few bucks to help us keep the lights on at ko-fi.com slash Fireheart Media.
check out our other show, Jalachan's Place, at www.jalachan.place.